Welcome to the Smarter Apple Spraying podcast series. I'm your host, Mark Gleason, a plant pathologist at Iowa State University. I'm also the leader of a USDA-funded research and outreach project that's looking for more efficient and lower-cost ways to protect apples against diseases and insect pests. The project includes scientists, students, and growers in Iowa and Ohio. And our guest today is Adam Clark, who is a uh, engineering technician uh, in the uh, USDA uh, spray lab, that's the informal name for it, at um, Worcester, Ohio. So it seems like you were working really from two ends, you and uh, Dr. Zhu were working from the grower end, trying to uh, cha some change some perceptions about what was an adequate amount of spray coverage. At the same time, you're working from the engineering end. And that, those are your two, two different challenges. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so you, if I understood, you said you, you got going with uh, Dr. Zhu. And so those early prototypes were, were you did kind of have an instant success there? Or? No, I mean, you know, with, with any, with any prototype, you kind of, uh, you know, you start putting things together and you, you, you do the best that you can thinking of everything that you can to, to make something work. And then, you know, you, you start perfecting things and tackling individual problems as you go until you, you wind up with something that ultimately works well, you know, in testing. And, uh, you know, from as far as that goes is for us uh, from, you know, we started in about 2006 and around 2011, um, we had working versions that we were, that we were testing in the field. I see. And, and uh, at, at that point, you, 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 what were you looking at? Were you looking at apple orchards or what, what kind of, what kind of tree crops or, or, or I guess you'd say um, perennial crops were you looking at then? At the time it, it was any kind of uh, tree and, and really it, it, uh, it didn't, it, it's, there was no differentiation uh, on the sprayers part based on what type of crop or tree it was but uh, the the original configuration was of a sprayer that would be uh, spraying trees or bushes or anything of that nature rather than a broadcast type sprayer that you would see in a in a normal corn and soybean field where, where the nozzles point downward usually and right yeah the, the boom type uh, yeah mm -hmm. different different uh, item um, I believe I read a paper um, from one of your group's collaborators about pecans, which are really tall trees. I mean, mm -hmm. pecans are, I don't know, 40 feet tall. Yeah. That, um, that was a pretty amazing study because the amount or the percentage of spray that was saved in that pecan orchard was huge. Uh huh. Yeah. And that, that goes back to, that goes back to the fact that, uh, you know, the bigger the tree is, the more space there is between them. Um, and, and of course you get in a, in a younger orchard rather than an older one. And there's going to be a huge amount of space in between trees. Um, yeah. So yeah, they, if there, if there's more space in between the trees, sure. There, there could be potential there for, for bigger savings. Yeah. Even when you talk about apples, I mean, they're, there's space between the trees and young trees and there's space between the leaves early in the season 
-hmm. and their space between trees in the row later in the life of the orchard as you start to get uh, uh, trees going out and maybe putting a little one in there and, and you're not needing the same amount of space. So yeah, some of those same things or some of those same challenges, uh, what you might call heterogeneity of the canopy, they're still in there, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, one of the interesting, one of the most interesting things to me about the intelligence sprayer as an outsider is that um, you not only took this technology and proved it in the field on various kinds of woody plants, including grapes and all these other nursery trees, apples, um, pecans, etc., but also you um, and Dr. Zhu um, pushed this to be to have the potential to retrofit existing sprayers. So you could take your air blast sprayer, just a conventional air blast sprayer, and uh, uh, work it over. Um, with a kit or something to make it into an intelligence sprayer. That to me was an equally big advance. So wh when did when did that happen or what, what, how, was, how was the stage set for that? I don't remember the exact year, uh, but, but the stage was set for that very simply. And that was, we originally used a sprayer that we thought would be, a good base for kind of a universal uh, uh, nursery crop sprayer. And, and so we're using that to prove, prove the concept and, and prove that things are working. And, and once that was done, um, you know, there, there really is no uh, sprayer that is going to be the greatest at spraying every crop. Uh, that, that's, this is, you know, different shapes and sizes of crops, it required different shapes and sizes of sprayers. And so, yeah, then the next step is once we had proven that, that the technology works, um, the, the next obvious step is, is to take the same components that we've used and just fit them to somebody's existing sprayer because they're using this existing sprayer based on their their own operation and, the, and whatever crop they're using, you know, it's working for that crop now. Take the technology, put it on that sprayer, and and do the same thing that we were doing. Um, and and we we did do that. We we adapted the we took the same components from the sprayer, uh, the prototype sprayer, and we we uh, fitted them to grower sprayers and and uh, did more testing. Uh, now, in order to do that, the original program um, had to be modified uh, so that we could uh, give the user the ability to tell the computer basically what type of sprayer we were putting it on. Different shapes and sizes of sprayers, we have to originally set it up so that we can just tell the computer, okay, this is the sprayer that you're on. This is how many nozzles it has. This is how far the solenoids are from this, from the laser, those kind of things. And uh, once those, once those parameters are input, as long as the physical shape and size of the sprayer doesn't change, then, then you're done with that. You don't have to revisit it again. I see. So, so, um, <clears throat> uh, now, now that the, the intelligent sprayer technology is commercial, you can buy it in a number of ways in the U.S. at least. Um, if you're a grower thinking about buying this, or let's say retrofitting your current sprayer to smart or uh, intelligent 
X-ray technology. Um, do you have to be a computer whiz to do this? No, no. <laughs> I, I, the the new the commercial system they they have uh, the liberty of making improvements and adjustments all the time, and uh, you know they've got people there that that uh, as far as installing it on the sprayer are available for technical help and they've got all kinds of brackets universal and specific brackets for different kinds of sprayers uh, that make it easy to to adapt the the components right to somebody's existing sprayer um, and, and as far as getting started um, you know with with anything there's a bit of a learning curve but once these once these original parameters are input and uh, into the uh, into the what they're using as a tablet rather than a computer, uh, which is yeah, at least most people with with cell phones today would be would be very familiar with the operation of a tablet and and, and applications on on a tablet just like their phone. But um, yeah, once these once these original uh, parameters are input, uh, it's it's really as easy as operating. Uh, a conventional your original sprayer uh you've, you've got an on and off button there and and the the sensors are doing the rest okay thanks that that clears it up um well you know if somebody's thinking about doing this there's really a few options right like you could take your sprayer to some dealer that was willing to have this done or there's a few i guess there's at least one place in the u.s where this is done that of course wouldn't be a trivial thing, but you could also have a kit and and perhaps the mounting brackets sent to you. And and uh, then I mean, you, neither you nor I are are, are, are commercially involved with this, but um, this would probably be the cheapest option, right? The DIY do it yourself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I I really don't know what is available. Uh, right now, as far as as far as the install, I, I'm I know that you can certainly uh, get a kit and and do these things yourself, and and there are uh, a lot of farmers that are pretty handy with uh, any kind of fab work or things like that that you need to do, and and usually these kits don't involve much welding. They're they're bolt-on type kits, especially since sprayers are mostly comprised a tank and a frame. Uh, and, and myself included, I don't like uh, drilling into a tank. And so most of these kits are made to, to bolt onto the frame of the sprayer that there's no, there's no uh, permanent changes being made to the sprayer as far as that goes. Uh, so, so pretty straightforward, uh, I think. And, 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 and if not, the, the cases that uh, Smart Guided has people that can, that can help with that if needed. Uh, as far as the cheapest way, I mean, I, I guess in a roundabout way, we're talking about the cheapest way is, is uh, you're keeping your, you're keeping your original sprayer, you know, this is just, this is just an addition to uh, the more expensive way is to buy a whole brand new sprayer and, and have a kit installed or put a kit on or buy one with a kit already installed something like that. But um, yeah, yeah, there's, there's certainly help there. If, if there's any complication to uh, installing these kits is at least when we started and I was doing the retrofits um, in my case you know oftentimes I'm looking at pictures of a sprayer that's not in front of me and and having to 
make a bracket or design a bracket with with measurements that are uh, tape measure on a picture and and mm -hmm. uh, try to figure out where I'm going to put some of these components that we have. Uh, in the case of Smart Guided, they've they've dealt with uh, quite a few sprayers, so they already have brackets and kits and have decided where where they can be put and mounted, and that makes it way easier than than what I'm used to. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah, it, you're you're referring to Smart Guided Systems in Indianapolis, and they're yeah the first one to 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 really adapt this for commercial sale. You know, there's another option in there that this is their again their business, not yours, but if if you try to install this and you get stuck, um, they will send a technician. Of course, you pay for that person's time and transport, but um, that's kind of an intermediate option rather than buying a thing brand new with install tech or doing it all yourself uh, with uh, them tech supported a phone call. You can have that intermediate and have somebody troubleshoot you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really depends on on how much time you have, and oh, yeah. uh, I'm sure I'm sure if a, if a grower wanted to to hire them to do it they yeah they would be they would be glad to do it i want to get back to something you said earlier adam which i think is really a key point and that is um uh, perception of growers of what's an adequate amount of spray on let's just say apple leaves mm -hmm. fruit or whatever mm -hmm. um I, I i worked in i worked in extension a long time um and uh, worked with apple growers a lot and um, I know that that's a deeply held view that that you should spray to runoff. And um, what, how how did you feel that uh, this was a hard sell to growers um, that that they could get um, a lot less than spray to runoff and still have an effective amount of spray? Yeah, you know, it it really depends on the grower. Uh, and and I think you're right. I think your experience goes for anything. It, it is hard to 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 change the way of doing things and it, and it you know the way to do that is to prove it and and we started uh you know her ping her ping started doing this um with the half rate as far as as far as the misconception that that uh you know trees and and crops have to be dripping in order for the spray to be effective uh, we, we started with that and and we we Pardon when we started Pardon yeah. me. Uh, by half rate, you mean half volume, right? Not half concentration. Correct. Half Correct. Volume. The concentration of the tank yeah. never changed. Yeah. So, well, so we're, well, we're changing. We're changing the accuracy enough um, to, or you know, actually, you know, if they were spraying at a hundred gallons per acre, then then what we're doing is setting the sprayer up and calibrating it to spray at fifty gallons per acre. Yeah. Let's say uh, yeah. as an example, and so that's why what i'm talking about as far as half uh, and and you know just showing that that would still be enough for uh effective control of of disease and insects uh yeah then then the, that really makes a person think you know they 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 were trying this and and certainly the growers didn't necessarily jump in whole hog even with that they 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 are trying this on an acre or two and then comparing it to the rest of the nursery. And then when it's working, they're going, wow, you know, maybe I should try this on 10 acres. Maybe I should try this on hundred acres, you know, and then when it continues to work, then yeah, you've proven the fact that, okay, this, 
this is true and and it works and and you know and in if you prove it to to a grower the other helpful thing is that this grower may talk to the next grower you know and okay don't don't believe me don't believe usda don't believe that but uh here you've got your neighboring grower saying hey this yes this works and and their credibility being be maybe more with the neighbor than than from somebody else uh talking about a paper or talking about half rate or whatever and and so it kind of starts with that and, and it's the same it's the same with the technology you know you you have to to kind of put it out there and test it and prove it and and certainly we have done that um I don't have a specific number, but it, it's probably pretty close to 20 uh, retrofit kits that that I had put together and uh, and actually installed on sprayers in different different uh, areas of the U.S. here, and and uh, they were tested in different crops. Yeah, one of them was pecans, like you mentioned. Uh, there was, yeah, there were some in in peaches, some in apples. Yeah. Um, yeah. So and, and also nursery. Yeah. South Carolina, Pacific Northwest, you guys are all over the place. Yeah. Uh, but it has to be done that you point out on, the, on each crop to show how it can be optimized. You're listening to the Smarter Apple Spraying podcast series. I'm your host, Mark Gleason. Our three-year project is searching for more profitable and less wasteful ways to control diseases and pests on apples. Now, back to our interview. Well, one point I run into with growers sometimes is getting over confusion of, of a uh, sort of a movement that was back in the late 70s and 80s or 90s about uh, concentrate spraying, where they would um, uh, leave the same amount of pesticide or put the same amount of pesticide in the tank, but just use less water. And um, sometimes when I'm talking about um, intelligent spray technology, um, I think wires get crossed between this, what used to be called concentrate spraying and intelligent spray technology. And the real difference is, in, in, as I see it, correct me if I'm wrong, is that uh, in the intelligent spray technology, it's a volume issue. The, the concentration of the pesticide doesn't change. It's how much of, how much volume, how many gallons go on per acre. That's, that's what's really different here, not um, you know, spraying at 6X or 10X concentration. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, that's correct. The, the the tank mix is exactly the same. Uh, it's just the fact that you're covering uh, more acres, you know, covering more area with the same amount. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I think a, a concentration. You start changing the concentration. That's that's very different. Uh, you know, what's what what is on the plant? What ends up on the plant with the concentration being the same is the same. It's just that it's not dripping off of the plant. It's and, and, and also the fact that you have put this this uh, mix where you want it. It's not on the ground. It's not in the air. It's not at the neighbors. It's on the plant where you intended it to be. And, uh, you know, that's a, it's a, it's a the idea of being accurate of going out and putting it where you wanted it. It's impressive to look at what videos on your site or on our project site. Um, of um, just watching, you know, video right behind the sprayer and watching how it behaves compared to uh, standard air blast. Standard air blast, it's on or off. But if you watch the, uh, just in an apple orchard, you watch the intelligence sprayer go through, you can see it's pulsing. It's uh, it's just responding to what the LIDAR, quote unquote, sees 
and uh, in response to that. So it's a it's a you know a rather huge leap in technology for a technology that hasn't advanced uh, you know dramatically in many decades. So yeah, that's really a really impressive. Group. You guys should be proud of what you've done. I think. Um, did you have anything else that you wanted to share with growers about the, the technology itself or things that they should watch out for if they decide that, oh, I want to try this? Uh, I, yeah, I, I, not really. I mean, you know, uh, to be honest, uh, uh, anytime that you, you add uh, something to a piece of equipment like this, you know, there, you still have to, it adds something else that you have to take care of. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, this is no different. Uh, but then again, even with a conventional sprayer it has to be taken care of and, and clean to, to uh, make sure that it's putting out what you have expected it to put out. And in here where we're adding the solenoids and, and the sensors, uh, they also have to be taken care of uh, and, and occasionally cleaned. All right. So, so this brings up a, one follow up question. Mm -hmm. um, do you I mean, there's a nice video on our website of, of uh, calibrating a, a standard air blast sprayer, um, you know, using a hose off the nozzle and filling up the jug and then using a big graduated cylinder to tell how much volume you got out at a certain time. Mm -hmm. Do you have to do that with an intelligent sprayer? Well, it, it, it is, you don't have to do that because you're actually, uh, you know, as long as you're checking that the nozzles are open, and uh, you're 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 changing, the the system is changing the the speed, and and calculating that um, through the speed sensor, and it's also varying rate uh, as you go. I I think it is still a good idea to to check output of nozzles, uh, and you know, in the case that you find that they're worn or especially excessively worn they, they should be replaced but um or, or plugged you know they should be taken care of but you know with a little bit of wear or whatever you can actually input those numbers you can take those numbers that you've that you've collected and and put those right into the tablet put them right into the computer and the system will compensate well that's something you don't get off of intelligence i mean you don't get off the standard do you yeah, yeah. In the case of a standard sprayer, you know, you you find that uh, that the nozzles are too worn, you're going to replace them, and and also, uh, or you find that it's putting out more than you thought, you you need to make an adjustment somewhere else, uh, whether it's in pressure or speed, to uh, to compensate for that. Um, you know, it's just a matter of uh, putting out what you what you expect, what your what your original intended rate is, and 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 making those adjustments, but uh, in the case of the intelligence sprayer, those adjustments are being made uh, by the computer, yeah. Now I assume, just as a curiosity, you're probably paying more for a solenoid actuated nozzle than you are for a standard air blast nozzle. But on the other hand, from what you said, you know that you can kind of get the computer to compensate for nozzle wear, you might get more life out of it. Right, and the actual nozzle itself is not any different than a conventional ah, sprayer. The ah, nozzle itself, okay. the nozzles are the same. It's just that uh, there's a addition of uh, a solenoid to the cool. to the nozzle body itself. I see. And so the same the same good to know uh, same nozzle or price would apply to changing nozzles on an intelligent sprayer versus a conventional. Yeah. Great.
Well, um, really appreciate your time, Adam. This is, uh, we've been talking to Adam Clark, who's an engineering technician at the uh, USDA, uh, I'll just abbreviate it, Spray Lab. Sorry, sorry, Adam, it's a little long, a little long for me. Uh, USDA Spray Lab in uh, Worcester, Ohio. Um, and and uh, so again, thanks for your time, Adam. Appreciate it. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thanks for thanks for talking with me today. Bye now. Bye. All right. We'll see you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Smarter Apple Spraying podcast series. You can find more episodes in the series at our website. The link is www.smartapplespray.plantpath.iastate.edu. That's www.smartapplespray.plantpath.iastate.edu plantpath.iastate.edu. The host for this series is Mark Gleason. Jose Gonzalez is the editor. The Smarter Apple Spraying podcast series is funded by a grant from USDA's Crop Protection and Pest Management Initiative. For more information about the two-state project, contact either Mark Gleason at mgleason at iastate.edu or Melanie Lewis Ivy, ivy.14 at osu.edu in Ohio. Thank you.